This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, July 18th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Japan talks resume soon. No sugar coating research challenge. Trade aid rates could be out next week. Optimism building for a Japan ag deal. There's a lot of work left to be done and a draft deal is still not prepared. But optimism is growing in the Trump administration for a deal to lift Japanese tariffs on U.S. commodities like wheat and dairy and increase quotas for rice. Negotiations were put on hold until Japan holds elections this Sunday, but the talks are expected to resume shortly afterwards, a U.S. government official tells AgriPulse. The election is for Japan's upper house of its legislature called the House of Counselors. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer told the Senate Finance Committee in June he hopes to get an agreement on agriculture trade in the next few months before the two countries move into a full free trade agreement. Dems demand specifics from USTR. Several House Democrats who are meeting weekly with Ambassador Bob Lighthizer say they're making progress toward a deal to ratify the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. But these Democrats say they don't have the details fixed yet that they need from Lighthizer. The trade ambassador is showing a willingness to make changes to USMCA, but much of a meeting yesterday was spent trying to get specific proposals from the USTR on the table, according to House Ways and Means Chairman Richard Neal. He said, we're trying to get greater specificity for our request, Neal said after the meeting. He later issued a statement saying that Democrats have now laid out comprehensive concerns and constructive proposals in three of the four issue areas and its negotiating mandate, that access to medicines, labor, and the environment. We look forward to a similarly comprehensive and constructive response from Ambassador Lighthizer. Agency move a challenge, advisors told. USDA's top science official is acknowledging that it won't be easy to maintain programs that the USDA's Economic Research Service and National Institute of Food and Agriculture during their upcoming move to Kansas City. Scott Hutchins, the department's deputy undersecretary for research, education, and economics, told a USDA advisory board yesterday, I don't want to sugarcoat it. The transition is going to be a challenge. On Tuesday, the USDA announced that 145 ERS and NIFA employees have agreed to make the move, 37% of those targeted for reassignment. Dozens of other ERS and NIFA employees have retired or found other jobs since the relocation plan was announced. What's next? Well, Hutchins appears today before the Senate Agriculture Committee, and he is expected to be grilled by Democrats about the relocation. The senators also are likely to question Hutchins about USDA's politics on climate change research. Some members of the advisory board questioned the wisdom of the move, concerned about the loss of expertise. Hutchins said the department is working to aggressively hire replacements, but he doesn't know how long that will take. USDA gears up for MFP payment rate announcement. Farmers could learn as soon as next week what USDA's payment rates are going to be for the next round of the market facilitation program, the Trump administration's main trade assistance initiative. USDA announced in May that the payments could be based on county-by-county rates, not by commodity, but has yet to release those rates. I would anticipate something after, probably shortly after the acreage reporting deadline, that would have more specifics. That Farm Service Agency Administrator Richard Fordyce speaking with AgriPulse. 
Most farmers had to report their certified crop acres to FSA this past Monday, but USDA extended that reporting deadline until next Monday for states most affected by flooding and by heavy rain. USDA Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation Bill Northey told AgriPulse the payments could go out by mid-August. Now keep in mind, we're also waiting to hear the payment rates for the prevented plant provisions in the disaster bill Congress passed last month. The bill authorizes USDA to cover up to 90% of a crop's value for insured farmers and up to 70% for those without insurance. But House Agriculture Chairman Colin Peterson of Minnesota told AgriPulse he expects the payments to be very small since the USDA only has $3 billion available to cover all of the disaster payments the bill authorized. Planting delays weigh on farm economy. The impact of this year's planting delays figure in the Federal Reserve latest Beige Book Summary of Economic Conditions Around the Country. The Chicago, Kansas City, Minneapolis, and St. Louis Feds all reported major problems in the regions. The Kansas City Fed warned that weather conditions may also reduce the quality of planted crops, which could dampen revenues for some producers. The Dallas Fed notes that while some growers are benefiting from higher grain prices, those increases were negative for livestock producers. Trade uncertainty is also weighing on producers. Cotton demand has been adversely impacted by tariffs and slowing global economic growth, according to the Dallas Fed. The San Francisco Fed says Pacific Northwest fruit growers report subdued demand from foreign trading partners and that there's increased concern about exports in Central California as well. Analysis. Worst crop conditions since 2012. Corn and soybean crops appear to be in the worst condition they've been at this time of year since the devastating drought of 2012. That according to an analysis by the American Farm Bureau Federation. Based on USDA's weekly crop progress report, the analysis estimates that 53 million acres of corn are in good to excellent condition, the second lowest number in the past decade and second only to 2012 when only 30 million acres rated good to excellent at this point. With so much uncertainty, especially for corn, it's no wonder that farmers with storage are holding on tight to the old crop and anticipating higher prices later in the year. That's the word of John Newton, American Farm Bureau Federation chief economist. Here's today's She Said It. It's not that complicated, and there is a lot of consensus about it. That Representative Shelley Pingree of Maine demanding at a House Agriculture Subcommittee hearing that USDA finalize a rule to stop organic dairy farms from shifting cows in and out of conventional production. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, July 18th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Dowling.